Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is our holiday edition of the podcast. You're welcome. Uh, We are right before Christmas. We're right in the middle of Hanukkah. We are anticipating New Year's, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Easter's after that. I think you know the holidays. So basically what we're going to talk about in this episode is going to help you with each and every one of those things. So hopefully you can have a happy holiday season that is less stressful and more fun. That's what our hope is. So today I asked for your guys's, um, I guess I asked what the hardest part of the holidays is for you. And you guys had a lot of things that are hard, which we understand because the holidays are hard, which is why we came up with this idea for the episode in the first place. So we're going to just jump right in because there's a lot to talk about. And I think you guys will relate to at least one of these people's hard things. So let's get going. Okay, the first one is the pressure to go to events you don't want to go to. So I'm guessing like how to have boundaries surrounding that. Here's what you say. Thank you so much for inviting me to blank. I appreciate the thought so much. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go. If you want to, you can tell them why because of X, Y, Z. The reason is you just don't want to go. You don't necessarily need to tell them why. And then you say, I hope that I can see you again at the next something, something, something. That was perfect. (laughs) Don't feel pressure to go if you don't want to go, you know. I mean, you could feel the pressure, but don't give in to the pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we spend way too much of our time worrying about the feelings of other people in situations like that. When it's like, if you don't want to go, there's a reason behind that. Like maybe you don't have the emotional energy to go and maybe your tank's running on empty. And like in that situation, you need to put yourself first and stop worrying about other people in that moment and make sure that you are fully charged because then when you do go to things, you can really show up for people. Yeah. And I think that the hardest part about making a boundary isn't knowing what to say. It's dealing with your emotions afterwards and the emotions of the other person. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like you can make a boundary, but then if you feel sick to your stomach the whole time with guilt or whatever, then it kind of like ruins the whole point of making and enjoying a healthy boundary. So I think at that point, it's really important to do what KJ said, figure out why you need the boundary, recognize that and explore that for yourself. And then when you start to feel yourself kind of like slide back, into like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said I wasn't going to go. I like feel so badly about that. Then you can remind yourself of why you made the boundary in the first place. And then that can kind of give you a little bit of relief from that guilt. Okay. Our next question is, it's their first year away from home. How do you communicate that in a way that shows your family still love them, even though you're not going to be with them? 
This is a good one. This reminds me of this SNL skit from just this last week. And it's basically a Zoom call of all of these children, like adult children, telling their parents like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it home. Like whether that's because of the pandemic and they don't feel safe or just because they're not wanting to go home or they, you know, whatever, a variation of reasons. And it's so funny because the first person's like, oh, yeah, mom, I'm not coming home. And then the mom is like, okay, yeah, that's okay. So you think it's fine. And then all of a sudden the mom's like rushing around the house, like picking things up. She's like, what are you doing? And the mom's like, I'm just packing up your room because it seems like you don't love us anymore. And so- <laughs> All these parents like making these super, super passive aggressive remarks, freaking out and stuff, but then like covering it as like, you know, but you can do whatever you want. And then the kids are just like, why are you doing this? Just support me. It's hilarious (laughs) and very true and relatable. Yes, very. I think it it's that communicating that you care about them, communicating it's not that you don't care. And then after that, it is on them to take that in and believe you or not. Like Mm -hmm. you can't spend time worrying about if they're really receiving that from you because if your intentions are pure and you mean it, then that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. And I think it all for this, it really goes back to you cannot own other people's emotions. You cannot own how they are feeling about something that you have communicated to them. But this you can't. There's one caveat here. And it's that that doesn't give you the opportunity to be like cruel or insensitive or I mean, if you are communicating a boundary or making a statement in like a very gentle and tactful way and being like really respective of somebody's emotions and then they have a big emotional response that's when you're like okay i've done my best this is yours to process you clearly need to process this i cannot own your emotions because i'm owning mine which is hard sometimes love it though Mm -hmm. it's true Mm -hmm. that's very good advice from taylor Mm. so listen to her guys yes it is hard though Boundaries are hard. A lot of this has to do with boundaries. Yeah. And boundaries are hard, especially when you are dealing with family boundaries and especially when you are stuck with the family that you just set boundaries with. So that's a thing for sure. Um, So expectations of like expectations that the family have for the spouse, expectations that the family have for your parenting, expectations for what you should look like, what you should be doing, all of that kind of stuff. How do we deal with that? Mm-hmm. So I think the questions we got like this where it's, you know, navigating your parents' expectations of your spouse or family members' expectations of your kids and how your kids are acting. I think that is an opportunity or a situation where you need to stand up for yourself, stand up for your spouse, stand up for your kids, set those boundaries right away. If you go to a family event and someone says something about your kids trying to parent them and you don't like it, take that first opportunity to set that boundary and say, pull them aside and say, hey, I would appreciate it if you would let me know if there's something that my kids are doing that are that's bothering you and then I will deal with it with my kids instead of you stepping in and parenting my kids. Or if, you know, your parent says something passive aggressive to your spouse, 
you know, talking to your parent and saying, hey, I don't appreciate when you talk to my spouse like that because of X, Y, and Z. This is how I would like you to do that in the future. And if you don't do that, this is what will happen as far as like, we'll feel disconnected. Maybe we won't want to come tomorrow or however that needs to look for you. Yeah. I love that. And I think that it's really important. You just like, and I know it can be uncomfortable, but at the same time, you have to shut it down. Like when you leave space for people for interpretation, when you make a joke about something and try to mask it with humor because you're not feeling super comfortable, that leaves them room to be like, oh, this is probably okay. But when you shut something down and you can use like a a, like a stroke and a kick, you know, where it's like, you know, we're so happy to be here with you guys and we're really grateful that you invited us. However, you cannot talk to my spouse this way. It makes us both feel very uncomfortable and then tell them the consequence for if they continue that behavior. And if this continues, we aren't going to want to come anymore. So it's kind of like you can open it, set the boundary and then state the consequence. And then after that, it's kind of like, now it's up to you perfect recipe for boundary setting this holiday season because this happens like this is a common thing where you know you take your kids somewhere and people try to parent your kids and mm-hmm. or they say something about your spouse you know it's it's not yeah. uncommon so you will definitely experience some sort of a comment on something and really you take it in if it's true and you know, helpful and well-meaning. But if it is something that is like inappropriate in some way, then I think what Taylor said is just right, where you're just like intervene immediately and don't be like, oh, well, they probably won't do it again. Just deal with it then. So you don't have to like wait three days and then be like, oh my gosh, this is built up to an intolerable level. (laughs) And I'm going to explode on everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Next question. Doing too much, taking too much on, and not enjoying yourself. Ugh, yes. I don't it's think a, anyone can relate to that. I can relate so to this season, it's time to relax. daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just hot. Logan actually told me that we weren't allowed to invite anybody over for dinner anymore. This was pre-pandemic because he said that I worked too hard, got too stressed, and it ruined the day. Yeah. <laughs> So be like Logan, set some good boundaries. Yeah, he was like, until you can rein it in a little bit and have some balance, we aren't having anybody. It's just not happening anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like really with this holiday season, just prioritize in the way that you say, okay, what do I need to get done? Like if I have work things that need to be finished before I can enjoy the holidays, I've got to get that done, right? If I need to buy gifts, then I need to buy gifts. But then there's that next level where you just want to ask, does this enhance my experience with the holidays? So I need to watch every cheesy Christmas movie that Netflix put out this year. Does that enhance my experience? Of course it yes. does. So I will make time for that, right? Hard yes. But maybe making sugar cookies is something that is traditional, but does not enhance my holiday experience. And so I can actually take that off. Does decorating the table so beautifully and nicely enhance my experience or is it just something that I feel like I should be doing? So you get to decide like what is actually going to make your holiday experience better. So do those things that are necessary. And then from that point on, only do things that really like enhance your holiday experience. And 
remember that everyone will just enjoy being together minimum. You don't have to do like X, Y, and Z and A through F plus G through H plus, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like just continue all the way down the alphabet to made it to Z. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the beauty of the pandemic because there is very little that is beautiful about it. But one pro could be that this year you have a really good excuse to cut out everything that, like Jessica said, doesn't really serve you and enhance your holiday experience. Easy, easy excuse to cut things out and really just simplify and make this holiday season look maybe how you've always wished it would, but you felt pressure to do just everything. Mm Mm-hmm. This year, I think we're really seeing that we need to take the pressure off ourselves to do everything. Something I realized today is that I was like, oh my gosh, I was making sugar cookies this morning, right? As one does this time of year. But for me, it really does enhance the thing I like doing sugar cookies. And so I was making them and then I was like, hmm, this is like the first time I've ever made sugar cookies with my daughter because she's only two. And then I was like, oh my gosh. Like kids are not experiencing these traditions the way that we are, where they're like, every year we make sugar cookies. Well, they've only ever made sugar cookies like five years if they're five years old. So it's like not that essential that you follow through with every single thing that you believe is a tradition kind of a thing that you need to do. Like it's not necessary. Those kids will not notice. They'll be like, okay. We didn't make sugar cookies this year. I barely remember that we do that because I'm 10 years old. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not that big of a deal to them. Yeah. It seems that way to us. But like when I look back on like my most memorable Christmas was the Christmas that we had two weeks off from school and we went sledding and had hot chocolate every day and played so much Lord of the Rings PlayStation game. Like that's what I remember. And so it really is like, let it go. Yeah. Just move on, you know? Well, and that's just projection because, and I think that's happening a lot right now. It's kind of like, oh, my children aren't experiencing that we do this every year. Cause like you said, like, yeah, they have like, they've done that a few times, but they haven't done it for, you know, 25, 35 years. So it's kind of like maybe recognizing like, are you worried that your children are missing out on this great experience of making sugar cookies or do you just miss making sugar cookies and that's okay. Like, Or do you just feel like you should make sugar yeah, cookies? And yeah. so I think that you really should like differentiate, like, is it a should, is it a something that I miss, but my kids don't really care? Or is it something my kids really miss and I want to try and make find sense. a way to make it happen, you know, because mm-hmm. that's going to really help you know, if you should prioritize it, add it to your schedule, or if you should just kind of leave it off this year, you know? Yeah. So someone also posted a question about like being alone. And this reminds me of this, of being alone during the holidays, this pandemic season, right? And it's obviously a very hard thing, but I thought of this, there's this Instagram post that went around around Thanksgiving where there was this single mother and this picture is from like 20 years ago and she's holding this turkey and she reminisces about how that was like a very difficult holiday season, but all the ones that came after were so beautiful and wonderful and you kind of like will continue to live. And I think that that's what we have to remember. Like this holiday season is going to look different. We can't provide everything that we want. And to be alone is so difficult right now. 
Um, and then to not be able to give your kids whatever they want, you know, like it's just a really hard season, but to remember that this is one season and the one that comes next is going to be even sweeter because it's going to feel so much more normal, you know, and just looking forward to that future of this one is going to be so unusual, but if I can embrace and just live through this one, then I can have so many more good times ahead. Just be like, this is the end all be all of Christmases, mm-hmm. I think would be very depressing for all of us because none of our Christmas is going to look exactly the way we want it to. And so really keeping that forward looking thing of like, hey, I'm going to be able to do this and this and this in the future. That's beautiful and wonderful. And then also doing your best to make it a cozy, really fun Christmas for yourself. Take care of yourself, pamper yourself, whatever you can do that you love, do it because it's just you. Yeah. And that kind of is fun in a way that's very lonely and hard. Yes. But make it fun, you know? We also got a response about how it's hard seeing all the suffering and how just that feeling of everyone's supposed to be happy around this time of year. And I think it really is just allowing yourself to feel that and allowing yourself to feel the emotion of how you like just the hard feeling of you can't do it all and you can't fix it all. It really just reminds me of what you said in one of our last episodes about like sitting in the ick of life. Like it's really hard for people to sit in the ick of life and it can be hard, especially now because we feel like we've been sitting in ick for like an entire year. So you're kind of like, I'm done and it's Christmas. I saw a post and it was like, it's December and nobody asked me if I was ready. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) It's so true. But I think it's kind of like sitting in that space that KJ was talking about, recognizing that you're feeling that ick, like letting it kind of wash over you and then stepping into a into like a space of like a forward motion almost of like, okay, like I, there's nothing I can do to fix this. This is true. What can I do to kind of move forward and change this kind of place that I'm in. So does that mean like serving somebody else? Does that mean doing something for myself? Does that mean putting energy out into the universe that I want to circulate and then come back around to those that I love? You know, so it's kind of like almost shift shifting your lens and your mindset into a into a place of action instead of being acted upon because we've been acted upon, that's why we feel so crummy, but what can we do in action? not to solve the problem, but to change our perspective. And so I think for me, what that's looked like this holiday season is there's a whole lot that I cannot control right now. And I recognize that. And so it's like staying in contact with my friends, like sending out text messages whenever somebody comes into my mind, you know, like doing very small intentional things with my kids that are bringing us both happiness and really dwelling in that place of goodness, not letting the goodness just kind of like fly by me and discount it because of all the ick, but actually sitting in the goodness and recognizing it for everything that it is. Okay. We got a response about how it is hard and stressful to balance time between your family and your spouse's family. A lot of people have to deal with this. And my thought is to talk well in advance with your spouse and talk about each of your expectations surrounding it. So maybe sit down and have that emotional check-in with each other a couple weeks beforehand and just say, hey, this is what 
my family would like to do with us? What does your family want to do with us? Where does it overlap? What can we figure out and really just work on that together and then maybe check in about it a couple of times so that when it hits, you both have a plan and hopefully it's one that you both feel good about. And I think the key here is to really be honest in those conversations about what is very important for you to not give up with your family because if you are passive and you just kind of let it go, there may be some resentment that lingers and you don't want to have that feeling during the holidays. You want to feel really good about what you're doing with your time. And write it down. Mm, So I love that. Talk about it with your spouse and then write down what you guys have decided on because I guarantee if you have any sort of disagreement, you will remember it differently. (laughs) And then he'll be like, I told my mom we'll be there tonight. And you're like, we agreed we would not be there tonight. (laughs) And then you can go back to the paper and be like, see, I'm right. That's why you need this paper. So (laughs) I'm just kidding. But really, the more you can like really delineate it and stuff and be like, okay, here's what our schedule is going to look like. I think you're just going to be a lot happier and more free to be in the present moment and realize that you are going to miss out on things with the other family. Um, But that's just a reality of having two families that combine. And Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing, you know, really. So it's a great thing to have the opportunity to miss things because you have so much family to love, you know? And I think also recognizing, just always remembering that you both came from two families of origin and you have now come together to create your own family unit. So that is where you need to spend your time in processing and exploration is with your spouse to make sure that their needs are met, their needs are met to make sure that they feel heard. And then again, just really finding your safety and security in that because other people can own their emotions. They can figure their stuff out, but you are acting on behalf of your family. I want to answer this question that we've kind of already answered uh, previously, but I really like how this person asked it because I just think it's so cute. But she said, feeling like I have to do everything to make it magical, Santa, traditions, crafts, etc. We kind of talked about that with, you know, just doing what serves you and letting go of things you don't want to do. But I wanted to say that a really simple way to make things magical for kids is doing things that involve the senses. Like this is the stuff I remember as a kid, like the smell of Christmas, the taste of Christmas, how my house felt. Did it feel warm and cozy? So Jessica kind of mentioned that earlier, but I think that's a simple way to create that feeling of magic in a way that hopefully won't put a ton of pressure on you. Like light the scented candle that smells good and, you know, eat some warm soup. Like Mm -hmm. while you talk about exciting things about Santa's coming and have it just be really simple. But I think that's what our kids will ultimately hold on to is just the feeling, which you can do Mm -hmm. through the senses. And then we had someone else. This was really cute. Keeping the secret of Santa for my kids. I don't want to be the one to blow it. Right. I do think there's some pressure there. And I just, I love that mom. Like what a cute mom thing to be worried about. Yeah, to be worried about that. Yeah, for sure. But also don't be worried about it. Your kids will be fine. If you do blow the secret, they'll recover. I promise. I mean, I was 
below seven years old when I found out. And mm-hmm. I found out because my mom left the box that the present had come in <laughs> on the kitchen table. And I don't hate her and I still love Santa. So yes. Yes. do your best. But also remember that it is for most kids, it is not a traumatic experience. If it is a traumatic experience, please reach out to us. We are happy to do Santa therapy yes. with your child. <laughs> No, and I think it's also really important. I'm a big proponent of like giving children responsibilities. And so I feel like this kind of ties into all of this, like what KJ was just saying of like, maybe it's just if you've put up a tree and put up the lights and the ornaments, that's really like all you can handle this year. Having your child be the one that gets up in the morning and turns the lights on the tree. And at night they turn the lights off and it's like their job and they get to do it every day. So it's kind of like, transitioning some of that like responsibility over to them. And that contributes to the magic when they feel like they're playing a role in the holiday and in all of the things it just create like right now, our kids are literally drinking hot chocolate every single night. Please do not DM me about all the sugar intake that they're taking in because I don't care at this moment. (laughs) But every night, like they heat up their own water, they pour in and they make their own hot chocolate. And it's the best part of December for them is making their own things, turning on the lights, all this stuff. So that can be really, really good. And also if this comes into like a, oh, my child, like found out that Santa is not real. Then you push that onto them and you say, especially if they have younger children, you say, oh, like now, you know, now you're in this really cool club with your dad with me and your dad and you can help like keep the magic alive for your younger siblings like isn't that so exciting you know so it's kind of like just allowing them to like feel like they have a role and a part and that they can really be a part of the whole okay another one we got was how to take a break when you're in a relative's home and how you communicate that need this one's hard um I mean, it's easy. You go to the bathroom for two hours. (laughs) That is perfect. Done and done. Put the stamp on this one and let's move on. But actually, though, let's dig into that a little bit because here's the thing. What are the things you do alone? Go to the bathroom. Take a shower. Take a nice long shower, recharge, take as long as you need to get ready, sleep, go to bed early, but really when you go to bed, pick up something from the store. Yeah. But if you do want to communicate that need, I think you can do it in a way that um, won't make people feel weird. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're just like, I'm feeling really tired like I want to recharge and go to bed. Yeah. Like I wouldn't feel weird if someone said that to me. <laughs> no, I'd be like, please go take a nap. Also, you have now given me permission to take a nap because you were the guest in my home and I felt obligated to be awake while you're awake. But if you're going to nap, I'm going to nap. Yeah. So really you're doing them a favor. Yep. But I do think you just like are very kind about it, but very much like realize like we're giving you permission to take a break at your relative's house. You have that permission. You're allowed to do that. I think that any person who has a kind heart will be happy to allow you to take a break. But if for some reason there is like just like back-to-back activities and you can't really get out of it, that's where you might have to go to the bathroom for an hour. (laughs) Okay. And our last one is about how to fight the comparison trap when 
You're with families that constantly compare. Oof. Yeah. I think humor, humor is like such a good tool that is underutilized, especially in situations like this. I mean, Logan and I have definitely been around families like this before. And if you're thinking it's you, it's you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's that humor. Yeah. It's oh, working it already. Hilarious. <laughs> no, I think that just like being open about it with your spouse and then like fighting that need to engage, you, you just like, it doesn't matter like the comparison the competition like all of that doesn't matter so it's kind of like when other people are really ramping that up and comparing themselves to you don't engage just laugh about it you know like if it's that important to somebody else to compare compete with you let them live their life let them do their thing you know but you that's their thing that's their enjoy yeah you and your spouse and your family unit can just do your thing and it can be okay. You know, just trying to like step back, laugh, let it go. Fun thing you could also do in your own mind is psychoanalyze them (laughs) and be like, "Hmm, why does Becky feel like she needs to compare her child to mine? What is her insecurity here? Why does Billy feel like he needs to always talk about how amazing he does at roasting the ham and how Mm. my ham sucks? What is Billy trying to compensate for? Exactly. Your ham does suck, KJ. It it does. (laughs) You're right. If you guys need help identifying this, please feel free to DM us and we will give you insight into these people's psyches. Because, yeah, truly, when people are comparing and wanting to pit people against each other, it's a them thing. Mm -hmm. And so you just sit back, watch and enjoy the show and take it in. If it hurts your feelings, you're a normal human. That's normal. Allow it to hurt your feelings and then let it go because it is not personal. It's always about them. Unless they really are better than you and they really do need to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? For sure. But I hope you hear how that's like ridiculous because it just is not a real <laughs> thing. <laughs> so we know that these holidays are just going to be different. I know that like for me, it's very hard. I'm not going to be with my extended family who I have been with every Christmas for my entire life. You know, it's there's a lot of sadness, a lot of disappointment this year. And our hearts go out to all of you guys who are in difficult situations, to all those people who are suffering this season because of so many of the things that have gone wrong this year, those who are going to be alone, you know, people who are just dealing with things that are different, and then normal hard stuff on top of all that. And so we feel for all of you, and we really do hope that some of the things that we've said have helped because we want you to have a very merry holiday season and just enjoy yourself. So Find a good Netflix movie that is just the cheesiest of all time and then watch it in the shower if you need a good cry. KJ posted about this. Showers mimic crying and so they make you feel good. And then watch your show. Have some hot chocolate, some eggnog, some cider, whatever you want. And just try and enjoy the season as much as you can. And remember that there will be more holiday seasons, which is the beautiful thing about life is that it continues on. Profound and beautiful as always, Jessica. Thank you for being here. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. <laughs> it's kind of my job. I mean, it's not my job. I guess I could leave at any time, but yeah. Thank you Thank for you. not. 
Hey, you're welcome. So before we leave you, we want to tell you about our relationship course. We launched a relationship resilience course. We put all of our best strategies that we teach people in marriage counseling, premarital counseling, and we put them into a course. All of that education that we wish we had personally had when we were in the dating game, early marriage, many years into marriage, and things we wish that our clients had had at their disposal before things got really tough in their relationships. We put it all into a course, easily accessible for you. It's amazing, we think. You guys, it is such a great course. If you have any relationship that needs help or just like you just want to improve it, it will be well worth your time and money, I swear on my life. Yes, it is. Uh, the investment will cost you less than one therapy session. Yep. So we wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So we cover everything from attachment, communication, boundaries, physical intimacy. We have bonus materials, date ideas. We recorded a special podcast episode where we talk about the nitty gritty of our own marriage problems and how we've dealt with them. Very exclusive club. Um, But we're, we're stoked about it. So if you want to check it out, go to the show notes. I'll put the link to it there and use coupon code SAVE40 from now until January 1st to save 40% off on the course. And now you know, and we're going to be done talking your ears off now. Happy holidays. We love, we you, love you. Love you. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.